We're back with another episode, man. It's all about bringing some great attention to Rhode Island sports. And on the line, I got someone that's doing just that. Him and his dad, they're like dedicating their life to helping Rhode Island linemen. Trench University, Christian Sermos. Welcome back, Christian. How you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, glad to be back. It's going to be a great time. Yeah, glad to have you back. The last time I seen you, uh, West Warwick Civic Center, we were doing the Silverback Invitational. Um, you know, I think your dad said you expected like 30 guys. How many showed up? Like 50? Yeah, over 50. So we had a good turnout, especially for the first one of its kind. And we were new faces that have been doing it. So people were a little busy, but I think we had a great turnout for the first one. Can't wait for another one. Yeah, you know, people, sometimes people don't like change, but when they see what you're doing, I mean, linemen are at a premium as it is, and now they're trying to take more youth football away, and the quality is just going to keep declining of, play, of players and the, the quality of play. so we need people like you, like Emerson Kilgore, Coach Ryan McCormick, that's doing extra things to help Rhode Island Athletes and bigger than Rhode Island because you had guys from Fall River at your competition. I think you had a kid from Lynn, Mass. So you had guys coming from around the region. Yeah, you know, we had Lynn, Mass. We had Chelmsford. We had all over Mass. A bunch of kids came down to compete. Uh, we opened it up to Mass, to Connecticut. Anybody who wants to come down and compete and get better, it's only just going to make everybody else better, no matter where you come from different competition it's just you know it's great now we're not going to talk about the silverback we already know what happened we got the attack football camp coming up Rhode Island's first and only all competition camp and this is for all skill players correct yes O-line D-line running backs linebackers wide receivers DBs we'll have the quarterback there too to throw you know every position is welcome come down and get compete uh, we have a whole bunch of coaches coming too, you know, great coaches from around the New England area. I think it's going to be a great time. So, Who are some of the coaches? I, I know you had Emerson Kilgore and people that might not know Emerson. He went to Pilgrim High School, uh, went to, you know, was offered a D1 scholarship and not only football, multiple sports. He started every year at Syracuse and now he dedicates his life to helping Rhode Island football. So you had Emerson. Who are some of the other coaches that um that you'll have coming to this challenge. Um, another coach that we have his name is Michael Yules. He is a defensive. He's a former defensive end from Brown. He was an All American. Uh, I guess he had potential to go to the league, but he wanted to work. So he kind of he gave up playing to go to work. But now he wants he wants to get into coaching. So now he's bringing D one techniques from an All American player. He's going to be coming working with the defensive linemen for the high school level. Uh, a quarterback from UMass Dartmouth. He's a junior right now. His name is Stephen Gaychuk. He's going to be coming down his freshman year. He was freshman of the year for the, for his league, and he was offensive player of the year. He's been offensive player of the year for the past two years. So the quarterback is going to be getting a great uh, resource in him. He's real smart. Knows the game technically sound. He's a great dude. Uh, let's see who else is coming down. I'm trying to go through all the coaches in my head. You know, we have so many coming down. Uh, 
Well, I'm sure people can also go to Trench University if any coaches you can. I'm sure they'll be on there soon. Speaking of UMass, um, yesterday UMass named Matt Mitchell as he actually just made the College Hall of Fame still in college. That's something that's like an extraordinary accomplishment. And I bring that up because you're a student of UMass and... I noticed this year you had Jacob Burkhead who made the All-American, which is great, like accolades for the academic All-American. You had a couple um, Rhode Island guys that actually, you know, made the academic team as well. UMass has a great educational program and their coaches are doing great things up there. Like they really have a lot of dudes and, um, you know, congratulations to all you UMass guys. And I try to tell people UMass is a great school to go to. People get hooked on that Division Three. They're Division Three. College football is college football, you ask my opinion. But you play the game. What do you think about that? Listen, I know the statistics. I've researched it. I've seen it. Only 8% of high school players actually go on to play college ball. And that's 8%, not just for D1 college. That's D1, D2, and D3. So 8% which is the top 8% is going to play college ball. So no matter what, D1, D2, or D3, you're jumping up and facing some of the best competition in the nation. Uh, you're definitely so, right, because I see D1 guys, and I, I read this and I stuck with it. I, D1 guys that can't pay their child support, and D3 guys running Fortune 500 companies. So there's no diploma that says D1, D2, D3. It's a graduate diploma, so get on, you know, focus on your education for one. You know, when you're looking for a school, a lot of people let the names bind them. I want to go to this school. I want to go to that school. People think that, oh, I was the best in the state last year. I'm too good for this school. So I let kids know, like, if you're going up against a recruiter, call him. Even if you don't want to go to that school, you need to call these recruiters because they're a tight family, all these recruiters, you know, and... It's very important if you want to go play college football, you know, you need to be ready because you have to want to be in college. It's not high school. You don't have to be there. Of course. And, you know, the main goal for getting into a college is to get an education. Everybody has big dreams of like, yeah, I want to go to the NFL, this, that, the other thing. Less than 1% of college players go into the NFL. So... It's a very, very, very small group of kids that end up making it. So why not focus on getting your education and set yourself up for life? That's the biggest goal, and that's what we at Trench U would like to do. We like to take players that we've worked with and had think have the potential that we talk to colleges in the area from D1 all the way down to D3, doesn't matter who. We send out the film. We have good connections with the coaches in the area. And we want to do our best to get these kids an, to get these kids an education. And That's our goal. I speak from experience because my son competed in your competition. I think he finished in like second place or whatever it was. Um, but since then, he's been getting emails. He's been getting phone calls from different college coaches. You know, keep in touch with me. I like what you're doing. And I got to say, that competition, I think it motivated him and the other kids that we brought from Westerly. It lit a little fire under their butt because it showed them what other people around the state can do. And um, 
So it's real good that you have these competitions because it builds a lot of these kids' self-esteem. One of the younger kids I had, he didn't want to come to the competition because of the one-on-one thing. And he was worried about being embarrassed, but he did pretty well. But you need to get out there is my point. You need to get to these challenges, get to Trent University. you got a lot of things going on and get your name out there because name recognition, face recognition is important in recruiting. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, how many camps are there that you go and do basic fundamentals? Or you go and just do regular, like, the 40-yard dash and you do, like, combine stuff? How many times can someone host a camp like that before a coach is like, okay, let me see something different? And that's what we like to bring to the table with the silverback was strictly competition-based. Now the attack camp is open up to all positions, and now you're just coming out there to compete. Coaches like to see what you can do in a competitive nature. And we're going to be having, uh, especially for the skill guys, you know, linebackers, uh, running backs are going to be doing coverage drills. Uh, wide receiver DBs are going to be doing just one-on-ones. And then we're going to shift into like a seven-on-seven. This allows now the quarterbacks to kind of have to work and read the progressions. And then as we're doing it, the final step is going to be almost like a simulated game. Where as the wide receiver and DBs and all of them are doing one off, uh, are doing seven, like a seven-on-seven, we're going to set the line up in front of them and we're going to do one-on-one going down the line so the QBs that are in the pocket have some sense of pressure. Now giving a realistic look to O and D linemen and also more of a realistic look to the quarterbacks. So now we're going to film that as well. And we're going to see, now we send that out to coaches to see, okay, now they see every position that's open and now we get to see how kids act under pressure. And that's basically under pressure. I mean, I seen film and someone said, oh, wow, look, that kid could throw 80 yards. But can he do that when four guys are rushing him and his men are all covered? You know, doing it in real real time action is totally different. I can go to the gun range and probably hit 190 out of 200. But can I do that with shots being returned at me? So it's different under real time action so your competitions are very good my son loved it he said that was awesome he said they didn't only work with the skilled players they worked with even the kids that didn't have the experience you didn't push them aside you seen what they were doing wrong you corrected them instead of just saying well i'm gonna focus on these guys because these guys already have it so which was great about what you were doing because it showed all the kids you belong here and some kids i tell them just because you're bad your first two years of football, maybe you just didn't pull it out yet. You know, I seen kids their last two years of high school football. It's like, where did that come from? He's a totally different different kid, and it's because competitions, I think, and events and what you do at Trench University that makes a lot of these kids better. Yeah, and, you know, we've had kids that showed up that really had, were lacking and sometimes the technical department or just the football knowledge. Like, we've had kids that had potential but just don't know the game. And we like to work with everyone because, obviously, you're here for a reason. You want to get better and you're here to compete. So our coaches, we pride ourselves in putting our hands down and really working with a kid. They're like, yes, like, do this, this, and this. 
helping a kid find his strengths, helping him hit his stride. Hopefully now you kind of take that into the season and get better. That way you can earn more of a starting spot and getting, you know, getting your name out there. You know, every, the whole point is to get better for your fall league. I mean, yeah, definitely. What I noticed in you also, the money is a big factor. Like, you're not doing this for the money. You even sent a notice out there saying you understand regardless of income status, if you can't afford to come, come anyway. We have so many free spots for kids that maybe can't can't afford it. And, and it gets expensive. I mean, it's tough for a parent to come up with $35, $40, you know, $50 or whatever it is, you know. So that's also great what you guys are doing. Now, the Ocean State Ducks. Um, proceeds go to the Ocean State Ducks. The Silverback some of the proceeds went to the Pancake Scholarship Fund. Can you explain the, the Ducks for some of the listeners that don't know? So, the Ocean State Ducks is a brand new spring tackle football league for Rhode Island. This is the first one that's ever been introduced to Rhode Island. It's tackle football, so it's not a 7-on-7 seven seven or something like that. This allows kids to, find, to get contact in the spring, to work if you get better. Uh, they play, it's almost like a travel league. We go and we play Mass. Mass comes and plays us. We have two tournaments, one in New Jersey, one in New York. We go down, we play them. Uh, it's a good, you know, it's an all-star team because we only have one team, so kids come and try out. You know, the coaches then pick their, their roster, and then we go out and we compete. So it's like a free agent team, you know? You pretty much put your name on the roster and the coaches pick the players that they want that they think can compete because you can't have every kid on the roster because it's a traveling team, it gets expensive, so you have to have, you know, the better quality kids on the team, right? Yeah, it's an all-star team, so there is a process of getting chosen, and if you do not make the roster, you don't, you don't get notified, but... That just gives you more of a fire to, you know, get better and come back the next year. Now, so. for kids that want to, say if I want, say if there's a kid that wants to play, what is the, is there a fee for the, the Ocean State Ducks for the year, Is there, or does that come after you're chosen? Uh, you go and you try out, and then once, after you try out, if you get selected, you have to pay $150 for the season. Which is very fair, it seems very reasonable, 150 bucks. Um... The other question, is it, does it run with the high school football season? Like, so how would that work out? So you couldn't have a player on a high school team if it did because the schedules would conflict. Um, it only runs, the game, there's only six games. So it goes from May 5th, which is like a round robin, and then six weeks, and then done. Oh, all right. So it's done before the season even begins. Yeah, so it's a good... We have a couple of high school kids on the older team. Uh, one of them I personally coach. Not on this team, but I coach him on this high school team. You know, this is a good way to kind of get yourself ready for the season with the conditioning and already being a step ahead of other kids because you've had a whole couple of months in pads already. Yeah, and that, that's so. actually a bonus. Now... Next season, Rhode Island at the Scholastic League is actually changing their rules when they're going to allow schools to work with kids off-season doing football drills. They never allowed that before, so camps like yours would be kids' benefit to get them extra, them extra 
reps. Um, do you agree with that? Off-season, kids should constantly, if you want to go to go college football, I think it's a year-round commitment. I don't think it's something you can step on a field in July 27th or June 27th when you're allowed to. My son's school, they go from January 2nd all the way till Thanksgiving. Now, off-season, it's a lot of weightlifting. They can't do no football contact, but I think these kids have a chance to get hurt. If you don't have off-season conditioning. Yeah, well, you know, my time being down south and going to all-star games and talking to other coaches, you know, especially the three big ones that produce athletes are Florida, Texas, and California. And they all say the same thing. you got kids playing football for eight out of the 12 months. You know, they're constantly going at it. It's like their life, especially if you want it to carry you to a D1 scholarship or anything like that. You constantly have to work out. You constantly have to be like a football guy. And being that uh, they just changed the rules for kids to allow like to allow kids to work out and stuff, I feel like that shouldn't have even been a rule because if a kid just wants to focus on football, why should he be hindered? No, you're absolutely you know? right. When my son was doing... Your competition, I went to one of the assistant coaches and I said, can you work with him up until the competition? No, I can't. That's not allowed. I said, well, can I hire you? Can I, you know, sub you out as a, as a trainer? No, that's not allowed. And I said, that's just, that's just a silly, silly rule because, I mean, that's why public schools, really, it's hard for them to get ahead because you're stuck with the kids in your district you know, versus a Catholic school, say, Hendrickin, LaSalle, you know, they can take the best players they want, you know, and build a team, and they kind of do more of a, a year-round camps, they do a ton of camps to keep their kids active on a football season, I mean, you know, on, on a schedule, but I think public school's been doing a great job keeping up with some of them Catholic schools under the budget that they're allowed. Yeah, you know, and especially with the more the new wave of coaches kind of coming in, it shows that, you know, younger coaches and more, you know, brighter football minds and stuff like that, they're coming in and making changes. And you can see it in some schools like North Kingstown has a good program. When Socket won it with a brand new, with new head coaches, with a new head coach, uh, you know, Westerly has a new thing going on, you know, and it shows that bringing in these new football ideas and making these changes and just making Rhode Island football better. No, you're absolutely right. You know, I could speak for Westerly. I'm friends with Coach Fulton on Exeter West Greenwich, which you're the line coach, if I, right? Yes. All right, yeah. Um, Cliff, I think Cliff is going to be a great coach. I mean, my problem with coaches is if you're not all in, leave. You know what I mean? You can't check out in... Thanksgiving. You want to be, I understand it's not a great paying job, but it's more than the money. But working June 27th to Thanksgiving don't help these kids at all. I mean, you got to give my son's coach, Dwayne Miranda, like he's bringing a college program to a high school level. And this guy works year round. He just developed a flag football team for the youth because, you know, it might come to a point. Mass is trying to do it. Maryland's trying to do it. They're trying to take youth football out of the equation. That especially the younger guys, the 10-year-old players, the eight players, 
they just want to outlaw it and people think it's so dangerous and I don't think it is. Dr. Mazzilli will tell you it's just as bad as tennis. <laughs> you know, he said, I've seen concussions in tennis. I've seen concussions in football. I mean, it's going to happen playing sports. You, you know, um, you high school coaches, you got a tough job because your hands are tied. What you're allowed, the budget, you know, the budget's very, very small. Uh, equipment's an issue. Um, you know, giving kids t-shirts is extra awards. And, you know, we need fundraising. And that's why I tell people always donate to the school programs because the school can't afford to give these kids that money, and I'm glad, I mean, give these kids, you know, all the money for the team, and I'm glad there's people like you, your father, Emerson, and other people in Rhode Island, Coach Croft also for his camps, um, that are doing this for the high school kids, so, um, you know, congratulations to you, and um, what else is going on? Now, you have something going on, is it this Sunday, or was it last Sunday up at the high school, West Warwick? Oh, those, we have open workouts for Treasure U, they're free. Uh, we started, we had our first one last Sunday. We go from 10 to 12. It's only a couple of hours. You come out, we work out. Uh, it's the same, it's actually the same location as the attack camps, uh, field 37 Hepburn Street, West Warwick, Rhode Island. Uh, we have a big open field. We go, we do conditioning. We do lineman specific training. We have a whole bunch of stuff set up. Uh, skilled players are allowed to if they want, but we allow, you know, I focus mainly on the linemen. We have other coaches there that work on running backs, wide receiver stuff as well. But, you know, if you want to come and get that work and, you know, and get better for the season, you can come anytime, any week. So is it every Sunday or should we follow Trent University for times and dates? Uh, it's going to be, you know, you should always follow Trent University. Of course, why not, right? <laughs> on Facebook, Instagram, we have our stuff. We post pictures uh, if you want to send it. You know, if you've got action shots of you, you know, in a game, pancaking someone or getting a sack or whatever, O-line, D-line, whatever, you give us your pictures, we'll post them online. You know, we give a highlight to the big boys up front. So, whatever pictures you got, send them. Well, you know, uh, the big boys up front, they don't get stats. They're the most overlooked position on the team when the running back has a good running game the running back gets the credit but it was really the line that opened up huge holes for him so yeah great thing that you're doing for the line because linemen are at a premium the last few years and you know you can't teach size and power you just gotta have that you know that's something you can't you can't teach so linemen are at a premium and you're doing great things for linemen so if i remind everybody attack football camp O-line versus D-line, running back versus linebackers, quarterback wide receiver versus DBs, Sunday, May 26, 10 to 3 p.m., 37 Hepburn Street, West Warwick Civic Center, West Warwick, Rhode Island. Portion of proceeds go to help the Ocean State Ducks. So I tell people, bring your cleats, bring your mouthpiece, and bring your A-game. You know, get down there. Kristen's doing great things. Um, thank you, Kristen. Anything else you want to add? Any? Um, we already know where to find you, Trent University. The universe should be following Trent University, right? Of course. Everybody. Um, yeah, I can't wait to, to be there in May. You know, maybe I'll bring a little table. We'll set up, do some interviews and stuff. You know, I just started getting some more equipment back 
back up and going. So, um, you know, and I'm sure Ronnie's going to be there with um, with his show, Ronnie Roberts. He did a great job last time, um, you know, videotaping you guys. And great things, man. Keep up the good work. And um, anytime you want to come on, you're more than welcome, Kristen. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it a lot. Thank yeah, you. yeah, definitely, man. And, um, you know, people, register for the Attack Football Camp. And where can you register? Uh, I actually have a link on Trench University, the Facebook, uh, and then my Instagram, Trench underscore U underscore. I have the link right there in my bio. Uh, I can actually give you the link if you want to post it with the podcast as well. Yeah, definitely. I'll... Um, yeah, you can send it to me, and, and um, when I get home to update all this, I'm going to get it uploaded and posted and, you know, let people know about Trench University and um, Rhode Island High School coaches and stuff. This guy is for real. I know a lot of you guys might have doubted him before, but Trench University is doing great things for linemen. Let your kids go to this event, man. The Attack Challenge is great. The Silverback was great. So trust this man. I mean, he knows what he's talking about he played it at the collegiate level he coaches it at the high school level i mean i would put my faith in trench university because they showed me in the first 10 minutes what they're really about thank you thank you, you know, Kristen. I'm just doing it. oh sorry go ahead go ahead i'm sorry i'm just gonna clarify it you know we do it just for the kids you know we don't keep none of the money that we make as i said a portion of it is going to help the new spring league the rest of it is is either going to be rolled into another camp or separated and put into the pancake scholarship to help out kids you know we already sent we're already sending one to uh try out for usa football on the u.s national team that was the winner of the offensive line part of the silverback for the high school kids oh he was a good yeah he he was a good player that that kid um i actually got some film on him and my son going against each other i was pretty impressed yeah he's a good kid great work ethic uh you know we're working for him we're talking to schools to try and get him looks and you know just that's just one of the many examples that we want to help kids and if i may say if anybody that maybe just out of high school and you missed your opportunity to go to college the AIA Eagles has a great junior junior program going on, you know, so you can check them out. I don't know if you're familiar with Mock. I think Emerson's involved in that, giving kids that missed their chance at college, you know, a chance to at least play after high school and maybe, you know, still have a chance to go to a decent college. So don't give up your dreams because success is playing after high school. That is a successful football career, whether you're at the pros, college, semi-pro level if you're in like the eagles or an international league playing after high school is a success yeah and again the main goal is to go and get an education have football pay for your education so you can walk out debt-free yeah definitely um thank you Kristen, and um i'll talk to you very soon and um give my best to your dad Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was Kristen Sermos, Trench University. I'm glad he had a chance to come on talking about the Attack Football Camp. Again, Rhode Island's first and only all-competition camp. $35 per athlete, $50 for two-way play. O-line versus D-line. 
running back versus linebackers, quarterback, wide receivers versus D-backs. Sunday, May 26, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., West Warwick Civic Center, 35 Hepburn Street, West Warwick, Rhode Island. Portions of the proceeds go to help the newly formed Ocean State Ducks. So come work with some of the top coaches from around the New England area. Bring your cleats, your mouthpiece, and your A-game. It's your boy Mikey, host of the Can We Keep It Real. Thank you to Trench University. Thank you to 401 Flex. Westerly Peewee program. Going to have a great season this year. Thank you to Joe Vaca. Thank you to Michael Garofola for all the help he's been. Um, doing great things, Rhode Island football. We'll talk to you soon. And congratulations to Stonington High School graduate, UMass Dotman, great player, Matt Mitchell, who just got accepted into the 2019 College Hall of Fame, the NFF Honor Society. But it's your boy Mikey. You want to be a part of the show? Get at me. Send me a message. You're welcome to come on and get down there to the attack football camp. These guys are really doing great things for Rhode Island football players. Hey, welcome to the program. Back we have a regular guest, UMass Dotman coach, recruiting coordinator Ryan McCormick with some great UMass news with a local connection. How you doing, coach? What's going on today? Um, you know, I noticed on your Facebook page, I seen a link on there, and um, it looks like you had some good news about a Stonington football player. Yeah, it's uh, Matt Mitchell. He was a 2015 graduate of Stonington High School. He's uh, been at UMass for four years. He's been a four-year uh, player. He's been on the field four years, a uh, three-year starter for us. Um, one of the biggest pieces of our offensive weaponry period um he he was inducted or he was inducted into the uh 2019 national football foundation hampshire honor society um it's, it's through the national football foundation the college hall of fame um and he, he carries a cumulative over cumulative 3.2 over cumulative 3.2 gpa never for one semester has, has that ever had under a 3.2 gpa and uh, is one of our key components to our offense, period. If I could stop you, did you say the College Hall of Fame? Yes. And he's still in college? Yeah, he graduates this May. He graduates in about four weeks. That so, sounds like, is that something that's like very rare? And because it sounds like, you know, he's not even out of college. The kid made a Hall of Fame. Must be a fantastic player. to recruit him out of high school. We saw a lot of special skills he had. Uh, we saw where we could take him to um, athletically and academically, and he did everything we asked him to do over four years, and then some. I mean, that's great. I mean, so out of 1,643 players from 424 high schools, just to be picked among you know, that many people is is a goal all by itself. Um, and the society is actually going into their 13th year. Um, 
doing this. Now, recently, a few months ago, you had another student that that made the all-academic team. You're doing real good things with your education and football program up at UMass. Yeah, so the player you mentioned was um, an underclassman, uh, Jacob Burkett out of the Cape out of Plymouth, Mass. So he, he, he became an academic All-American as a true sophomore. Um, this honor, though equally as exciting, is, is very different. He was picked among 424 colleges and universities in the country, and uh, it's, he's in a pretty elite class of student-athlete. Um, these <clears throat> National Football Foundation Hampton Honor Society members don't come down the pike very often. So <clears throat> he um, there's, a couple, there's a couple of requirements. Again, he never had one semester his whole college career under a 3.2 GPA for the semester, and you have to have over a 3.2 QM at all times. You have to be on the roster and be a, a varsity player for all four years getting on the field producing, and then you have to be a significant starter for three of the four years. And that's really hard to do in collegiate football. There's a lot of guys that, you know, redshirt the first year and maybe see a little bit of time year two. He's been a contributor for all four years. He was never redshirted. He was never a backup. He um, and rapidly got better. I mean, that that's amazing because, you know, we had talked about – Freshman's getting on the field when we talked about Junie Rios and we talked about what a good player he was actually making it on the field a few times in his in his freshman season. So to be able to maintain a 3.2, you know, consistently and be a varsity player, being a four-year player, um, it really shows the heart that this kid must have. And I think even more, it really shows what a good coaching staff that you guys up at UMass have. You're really producing great football players. You're a Division three school. Now, if you would tell the kids something, you know, because a lot of kids like, oh, I'm not going to call them back. That's a Division three school. I'm going to a Division one school. What would your message be to them? Well, my, my message would be this. For one, there's no, there's no Division two or Division one or Division three education as far as the classroom universities and college universities he was nominated against other division one athletes this people understand this award this uh, this honor society they compare and contrast him against division one football players so he beat out numerous hundreds of division one football players that's war that, that, that is a there's, there's not too many Division One football players in New England that got this spirit. No, definitely. And um, if you look at the Honor Societies um, on their website, they said this year was an all-time high of 1,643 players. So just making this list was an achievement on its own, never mind like being named like Hall of Fame bound. So, so let me give you a stat, Mike. This is what he was up against. So the average football roster in NCAA football is roughly about 100 kids, right? Now, some schools have a little bit less. Most schools have more. Let's say 100 kids. You have roughly between Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, junior college, and NAIA, so roughly about 600 college football programs in the country. So if you get 100 on each roster at least, you're talking 60,000 kids, right? Mm-hmm. He was he was one of sixteen hundred between sixty thousand NCAA football players. Wow, that is amazing. He was a starter 
and he contributed to your team. There's been some rumors to have it that he is um he's entering the NFL draft. I respect that, Coach. Um, yeah, congratulations to Matt Mitchell. Um, you know, congratulations to UMass Dotman. And it's nice to see University of Massachusetts Dotman up on that list with, you know, the University of Minnesota, Morris, um, University of Mount Union, um, University of Redland. So congratulations to UMass Dotman. It's an achievement for your university as well. Thanks, Mike. He was, he was, um, I mean, he's, there's kids on this list from Yale, Harvard, MIT, you know, there's kids in this, there's kids from schools like that on the 1600 person list. I mean, he's in some pretty elite, uh, category of people. So, you know, I don't, I don't know of any local kids in the recent ten, five, 10 years that have even made this list of any level of college football, um, so we're pretty excited. Yeah, no, you you really hear about it. And, um, you know, this is, you know, two in one season that you had two kids be named to, you know, some special, you know, to be among some special people, you know. Him in the, in the Hall of Fame, um, Jacob Burkhead, um, all academic. So UMass is doing great, great things. Now, your roster must be getting full. I'm sure you've been working very very hard are you you guys are practicing and and everything um if you had a message for kids that are behind the deadline should they hurry up and get their paperwork in as soon as possible if there are kid that has not been um either offered by an fcs fps or d2 scholarship score already and they haven't gotten their, their stuff and they have to do it yesterday i mean they're running out of, they're completely running out of time in some schools they had an April first deadline, so if a coach puts out a lifeline to them to, to get their stuff in, because they might be able to get them through missions, they need to do that like yesterday. Kids mm-hmm. that, that drag their feet, that don't, um, that don't take that lifeline, are really, really being foolish because they don't really have many options left. And those lifelines, I call, I call them lifelines, are very rare. It means the coach is willing to put a gamble on you to, 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 to give you an opportunity, and if you don't take that opportunity, you really really foolish um, because you're, you don't have any other opportunities or you're very limited. So it, it's, when a coach recruits you, it, it, you know, you understand they're giving you their time, which they can never get back. And they give you an opportunity because we, we, you know, we tell a lot of kids, no, that's right. what you understand your, your mass is that for every kid we say yes to, we want, there's probably about 10 times to 50 times we're telling kids. No, I get emails every day from co- high school coaches from all over the country as far west as the west coast as far south as florida and as far north as canada and i would say for every yes we say we want to, we want to further pursue this kid we probably say 20 no's because we either we either look at their film and say yeah we don't think they can cut it here athletically uh we look at their transcripts and say nope they're not going to cut it here academically you know so it's it's a very competitive pool and so i mean if a coach does really go after you you need to realize that you're don't squander that opportunity because that opportunity could be could be gone. You know, mm. and a lot of this, you know the worst thing you could be is an athlete that didn't go on, like a kid that had all the opportunity in the world and didn't take the initiative and was apathetic in the process. 
and, and, and blackball themselves in the process. Don't do that. You know, I tell a lot of recruits that are getting recruited at all levels, let it play out. Um, when coaches ask you to get stuff in, get stuff in. You know, transcripts, academics. The coach tell you, hey, you need to ramp up your academics this year, this semester. You need to listen to that coach. What people forget is that <clears throat> in this industry, a lot of guys jump around. I have friends that were literally three years ago coaching Division Two or Division Three football that are now coaching FBS football. And that kid that maybe thought they were better than Division Two or Division Three level, what they forget is that coach that was recruiting them is going to remember that. If you want to be a Division One football player, and that's your that's what you're aspiring to, you don't you don't blackball yourself by by putting up walls against coaches because these guys jump around too much, Mike. Yeah, they all, definitely, they all have friends. I see kids, and they go, why did I get an offer? It's like, well, remember that guy you basically were not very uh, respectful to? But he's now the offense coordinator at UConn, or he's now the D.C. at Michigan, or, you know, he's now the, you know, quality control guy at Notre Dame. You know, you think Notre Dame's a good school? And they're like, oh, yeah, well, well, it's not a good school for you because you're pretty much a black ball because you, well, you treat that coach, so... Yeah, you're gonna be smart in the process. It's it's, a, it's football, college football's business, and people don't realize that. That everybody talks. We all work each other's camps. You know, we all trade film for scheme. You know, we all learn from each other, and it's a big it's a big network. Right. So, and I noticed UMass has been signing guys at an alarming rate. If I was other teams in your division, I think I would be a little nervous. You guys been working very very hard. I know you can't talk about the who's. But you have been going strong in Rhode Island, um, like you always have been. Um, we have some great up-and-comers coming out of Rhode Island. I think Christian Sermo's doing great things. Emerson, Kilgore, um, you know, a lot of high school coaches, we're really trying to do stuff to bring more attention to Rhode Island football because there's some great coaches, some great players in this state. Yeah, I mean, we, 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 we're, we're up to right now and eight signed Rhode Island guys officially, committed Rhode Island guys um, that have committed to UMass Dartmouth. We still have a handful left in the pipe they're trying to finalize. They're, they're down to their last being one or two schools other than us that they're trying to make a decision, you know, where they're going to go and what they're going to do. I mean, it's, it, you know, sometimes they're trying to figure out which is a better academic program um, for them and you know, it's, it's a tough decision sometimes. You know, these kids are making, the kids in that scenario, most of them <clears throat> are making the right decision or they're trying to make the right decision. They've they've done the right things to have the opportunities. Um, and we've put out some lifelines to some kids in Rhode Island and some have been responsive and some have been very non-responsive. And, um, you know, and, and fortunately you can't, you can't save them all. No, you really, you really can't. You know, like, you know, you can... What do they say? Bring the horse to water. Can't make them drink, you know. And at the end of the day, you do everything you can to give these kids a good opportunity. And these kids and these parents got to understand, like, yeah, you want to go to a school with a big name. Big dollars come with that. And sometimes you re- all the paperwork, you really are not sure what your package is. And now you're paying all this money. You're going to graduate in so much debt when you could have went to a great school like, say, UMass, for instance, which is fairly, fairly affordable. Instead, you pick schools that are forty, fifty thousand 50000 more, and they blind you with different numbers in the beginning. Um, 
and overall, it's just unaffordable for the parents, and and it just hurts. It hurts the it's, student. It, it, it's unaffordable because depending on what you're gonna do for your job career and for what what you want to do. I mean, if you want to go on to let's say med school, law school, you can't really have a ton of debt from the undergrad university. Now, you know, and they got to understand that, but you also have to go to a really good school that has a reputation and the academic um, credentials so you can get into those postgraduate programs. So you got to, you got to look at all the variables. I mean, it's not as simple as just saying, Oh, this school's cheaper, so I'll go to the cheapest school because some of those cheaper schools might not be the best academic schools. So, I mean, U.S. News World Review and Princeton Review rank schools, and they rank schools in three major categories. National ranked, regional ranked, and, and, and NR, which means not ranked. You do not want to go to NR schools because pretty much they're not going to get you to postgraduate work. They're not going to get you to, to law school, med school, met your master's. Because you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to get into those programs because the credentials are so low at the school you're at. Um, but if you go to a school that has a good accreditation, has a good ranking, has a good return on investment, that's where you want to be at. The schools that prepare you in the classroom, prepare you as far as your resume, it, you know, paid internships, things of that nature, that's going to get you to go on. Like, for example, like one of our big-time football alumni graduates is a guy named Jeff Dushman. He's the CEO of Harvard Bioscience. You can look it up. He's a UMass Dartmouth grad. If you look at the, 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 the value of Harvard Bioscience, one of the biggest corporations in the Northeast. Wow. They're, they're hmm. huge. He hires graduates of MIT, Harvard, Yale, Columbia, and UMass Dartmouth. I mean, UMass is not slacking in the education department. I mean, I no. looked up some numbers and I was like, wow. Like, you know, law, your med school, is all they all got great, great numbers and great reviews. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing we pride ourselves on. We're a tier one national academic school. When you come here, you're going to be pushed academically. And it's not easy. No. It's worth the time investment. It's worth the life investment as far as the, the effort to have like high academics. If you know, got a... Matt Mitchell is going to do very well in life, football-wise and others. So <clears throat> for him, going on, you know, football-wise or academically, or in the job, or in the job field, whichever his path takes him, and I can't really comment what his next step is, but he's got a lot of doors that are open for him right now, and I think that's a pretty awesome thing to have. Not most people don't have that, so. Now, Matt Mitchell, him, didn't he receive other accolades this season, a few months back, if I recall? Yeah, he, he won, you know, he won Player of the Week and some other things. Um, you know, he, he's been one of our biggest producers, and the thing about him is that. It's not his, like, rushing yards. If you really look at, you go watch film of him, he's the best blocker in the conference. He's a he's a brutal blocker for his size. He only weighs about 187 pounds, but he's most put together 187-pound kid on the planet. Um, extremely explosive, very fast in storage spaces, very similar to, like, a, you know, like a, a woodhead-type kid, but bigger. Um, extremely reliable, never took negatives. Um, could catch the ball in the backfield. Uh, was a ruthless kick return and punt return when we needed him to do that. And he, we could put him out like a wideout. He could play play a slot like a wideout, or he could play like a fullback. He was so versatile what he could do. And people, like our opponents, you know, coaches would say like, "Who's that kid? Twenty four. He is a demon." We're like, yeah, "He's really good." And they're like, "No, no, no. He plays like he's two forty the way he blocks. He runs 
like he's 150 pounds because he's so explosively fast. Mm-hmm. He's just he's a really special football player. He's mega coachable, mega intense. He's alert, I noticed. I noticed his head. I seen a couple of clips on him. His head's on a swivel. He's looking. He's got great vision. See, yes. Congratulations to Matt Mitchell. Coach, you got a few minutes to talk Rhode Island football. Um, Before I let, let, let you go, well, let me reset, go to a break. We'll be right back with Coach McCormick. 